Hey everybody and welcome back to Popcorn Prattle. I am one of your hosts, Mr. Marcus Sally, executive producer of Shenanigans Incorporated and one of the co-creators of Popcorn Prattle. If this is your first time listening to the show, first off, welcome. We are but a humble podcast that likes talking about movies, not in a pretentious way, but as if you just saw a really good movie. And you want to talk about it with your best good buddies. And of course, I'm joined by my best good buddies. First up, you know him, you love him. He's the man, the myth, the legend. It's Mr. Stephen Bailey. Stephen, say hi to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. And of course, you know her, you love her. She's the ever so lovely, the ever so talented. You're probably following her on the Stardust app. It's Miss Lindley Keith. Lindley, say hi to the folks at home. Lindley, welcome back to the show. You were not on last episode, but it's okay. It was you very... left me. You left me to the wilds. It's... I can't handle Marcus on my own. It's... She left. She left us to scary, scary talks that made me uh, check over my shoulder the entire time. And I'm so <laughs> sad I missed it. Like that's <laughs> that's my bread and butter. I love it. I know. I know. Well. The... Fortunately, fortunately, we will have the uh, the Spoop Hour girls uh, back on the show probably around Halloween time. So we'll definitely have time to get scary again. Yay, Spoopy Talk. Yeah, Spoopy Talk. Um, before we get started with our show, ladies and gentlemen, we just have just a few uh, little housekeeping things that we want to get out of the way so that we can get to prattling. Uh, first off, if you listen to the show and you are really digging it, you like what we're laying down, you're like, huh, those popcorn prattle peeps are all right. Uh, Please, whatever platform you're listening to us, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes, Google Play, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, we're literally everywhere now. Uh, Follow us, okay? uh, Subscribe, leave uh, some sort of review, uh, let everybody know that Popcorn Prattle is indeed the Film Talk podcast to listen to. And of course, if you would like to hear some more in-depth movie reviews and uh, TV show reviews, uh, we have here our Stardust ambassador, Lindley. Uh, Why don't you tell the folks at home what the Stardust app is and uh, how they can get involved and, and reach you? Well, folks, the Stardust app is basically a wonderful little app where you can go and react and review to media that you've just seen, whether it's movies or TV shows. And now you can even react to trailers that come out, which is a thing that I love to do on this app. And I have an announcement. I haven't told the guys this yet, but I have, we had a goal the last time I was on the show, that if I could get 1,000 followers, that I would try to do something special that incorporated both Popcorn Prattle and Stardust. Oh my goodness. Guys, I have 1.6k followers. Hey! So thank you. Thank you to everyone who follows me on Stardust. And my idea that I was thinking of is... Letting you guys, the listeners, pick what I check out and review on Stardust. Hashtag Lindley Likes. Nice. Nice, Lindley. Congratulations on that. So what I need you guys to do 
is I need you guys to either comment on this uh, Popcorn Prattle episode with your Stardust name, your Stardust handle. Talk to me about what you want me to review. I'll watch it and review it. Or if you have Stardust already, you know, make a review yourself. I want to hear your thoughts and then tag me at Little Lottie. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-L-O-T-T-I-E. Lindley, you are you are honestly cleaning up uh, on a social media game with the the Stardust app and audience. If you are not aware, um, and actually, I I don't even know what the end results were. Uh, our March our March movie madness it ended, uh, and Stephen Stephen got knocked out of the tournament early on. I got knocked out in the semis. Um, and it came down to just Lindley's two picks. Um, and as we stated on the last episode, um, and I have already informed Lindley, that means that next year, uh, next year, Lindley gets to pick the genre of all the movie picks. This year, it was more of like a kind of a grab bag type deal. Um, but I think it might be fun if the, if the previous champion gets to set like kind of like the topics or whatever for um for the next year so it could be like we can only pick oscar picks or we can only pick disney films um i know there was a disney film uh bracket but trust me ours will be better because it will be legit (laughs) so lindley uh who ended up winning (laughs) i can tell you that right now that the winner is very animated <gasps> by 63% of the Holy vote. Crap. Beauty and the Beast has beaten Empire Strikes Back. See, that is, see, that's surprising to me. But at the same time, it's not because um, I think that just proves that we are really hitting some Star Wars fatigue. Yeah, I can kind of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And fortunately, the, the the musical is the movie musical is coming back. So, yeah. I I thought you were about to say like a movie musical of Star Wars. I'm like, I don't think we need mm, that. I'm sure there's somebody in Hollywood <laughs> kicking that idea around, and fortunately, got... someone's shooting it down every time. Yeah, no. Every time someone brings it up, somebody just says <laughs> Star Wars holiday special, and that kills it. Well, something that is going to be much, much, much better than the Star Wars Holiday Special, uh, hopefully, is our uh, slate of topics for tonight. We are bouncing around in so many different places, guys. I hope you're ready. This is the, the, the truest sense of prattling that I think we have ever done on Popcorn Prattle. So, here are tonight's slate of topics. First up, We've got uh, Steven Spielberg, and apparently he wants to reboot Indiana Jones after Indiana Jones 5 and make Indy a woman. We'll, we have some thoughts. We'll share them. But then we're going to go to our uh, also uh, very popular segment uh, known as a trailer roundup, where we're going to be talking about the first Purge and the new solo movie uh, trailer. We got a new one out, and uh, we're going to see if the attitudes and ideas about this movie have changed. Uh, I got a chance to see Ready Player One, so I'm going to finally give my spoiler-free review of that movie. 
then I got a chance to actually enjoy some Netflix this morning. Um, well, sorry, this afternoon and got a chance to watch uh, Troy Fall of a City. Uh, Lindley got a chance to watch one episode. So we're going to. Oh, you got two in. So we're going to give our uh, initial thoughts about it. And then we're going to jump because we cannot we cannot have a popcorn prattle episode and not bash DC in some way. Um, even though even though I enjoy DC comics, their cinematic universe is atrocious. And uh, we all have some some thoughts about the uh, Teen Titans costumes for the new Teen Titans live action show. Uh, and of course. We always like to end on a high note, but unfortunately, we're going to end on a very somber, uh, very serious um, a, a note that you might not want to uh, continue listening to. Um, this is my Patrick Walliburton uh, impression. We're going to be talking about a series of unfortunate events, folks. Uh, season two came out. Uh, we all got a chance to watch it, so we're going to end on that. Um, Steven, Lindley, are you ready? Ready. All right, so guys, let's prattle. Um, can I? Can I just before we get into the the whole Steven Spielberg thing? Um, I don't know if you guys have gotten a chance to watch Atlanta yet, because apparently nobody I know has actually seen Atlanta. <laughs> I think I might be making it up in my mind, but I'm pretty sure I'm not because the internet seems to also agree that it is a real thing. Um, <laughs> Atlanta is. Oh, so, oh, sorry. I I didn't even let you guys answer. Have you guys gotten a chance to watch an episode yet? Not yet. I the no, only no. thing I really know about Atlanta is just Donald Glover is amazing, and that creepy photo you sent me when we first talked about Atlanta on the show that still gives me nightmares. It is uh, for those of you who who don't know uh, what Atlanta is. Atlanta started off as this show about. Uh, a young man uh, from Atlanta named Ern, who's played by Donald Glover. He <laughs> is a former uh, Harvard, I think he's a former Harvard law student. Um, and something happened in his past and that he dropped out. And so now he just bums around and goes from couch to couch. He's got a girlfriend who wants to further their relationship. They have a child together and he's just kind of like wishy-washy about it and he gets this uh get rich quick scheme to be his cousin's manager uh because his cousin is a is an underground rapper named paperboy and he has one hit single well he has more than one song by now but at, at the at the beginning he had one hit single that was on the radio everybody in atlanta loved him and craziness ensued this is the strangest show i've ever seen there are there are things in it that you watch it and it's like um you're like okay i know what they're trying to do but i wasn't expecting them to do it this way so for instance there's an episode where there's a black justin bieber and they and they and they call him justin bieber but he's black and he he does all of the things that that white Justin Bieber does. You know, he's 
he, he gets up like he does crazy outlandish things that piss people off and then he sings a song and it's like oh then he's forgiven um so it's not just like he's not just the embodiment of justin bieber but like all artists who do bad things and then we forgive them like the next day when they come out with a hit single um <laughs> that's that's what he represents um in the first season a lot of the episodes are very funny um they are hysterical this season it became a it was a lot more serious um because they are calling this season Atlanta Robin season and what Robin season is, I had to actually look it up. Um, I know I probably like secretly got my black card revoked because I had to look it up. Um, Robin season is the time after Christmas in Atlanta um, where people will go to like other people's houses and steal things because they have like all the new they have like all the new stuff. Right. And they're, they're just it's just laying out there for people to steal. Um and even though this doesn't necessarily take place around Christmas per se, each episode, as you find out, somebody gets something stolen from them. And it's done in a very, very creative way. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up and the reason why you guys have got to watch this episode of Atlanta, there is a Michael Jackson-esque episode where Donald Glover is in it but not his character. I'll explain. Mm. Donald Glover actually plays uh, this man who is, um, who was black, but has um, obviously bleached his skin. So he looks white. Um, he has a very high voice. He has um, Caucasian features. You know, he has got like, you know, uh, he doesn't have a rounded nose. Um, his lips are very, his lips are a lot thinner. Um, like it's clear that he's had work done uh and he lives in this mansion by himself um or so you think and he is selling a piano well one of one of the characters played by Lakeith Stanfield um who was from Get Out he was the man who was yelling get out uh he's also going to be in um uh what oh my goodness what was that what was that movie that we talked about before um I think it's may I ask you a question. Um, oh, uh, sorry to bother. Sorry to bother you. Thank you. Um, from sorry to bother you. Uh, he is. He plays this man named Darius, who is very. He's very very weird. He's very strange. Very much a nerd um, <laughs> representation on the show. And he is going to this house because he wants to buy a piano, or he's he's wants to get the piano because it's free, and. It is the creepiest episode I have ever seen in my life uh, because uh, Donald Glover has this weird, like, high, like high, high-pitched voice, and he, he talks like this, and he, he, like, he stares, like, he just stares for, like, long periods of time, and there's no, there's no, like, music to underscore anything. There's just the, the awkward silence, and it's beautifully, it's beautifully shot. And the, I'm not going to reveal the twist ending, but you sit there on the edge. By the time you get to the end, you are on the edge of your seat. And this, this show is only 30 minutes. And 30 minutes, he makes you forget that you're watching a comedy, puts you in smack dab in the middle of a horror movie. And then it, 
just ends. And you you sit there and you're like, you're so, in, in all honesty, the first time you watch it, the only thing you're going to be thinking is like, I don't understand what I just watched. It is absolutely incredible. I cannot say enough nice things about this episode. You guys have got to watch it. And I'm talking and I'm talking to you too, listeners. Okay. If you if you were listening to the show and you have not seen seen Atlanta yet, you need to go check it out. I promise you, you are not going to be disappointed. I would not start, obviously, with this past with the uh well, it's two episodes ago now. Um but definitely start from the beginning. They're only about thirty minutes long. Ugh. What what what's wrong? I looked at the face. You're right. I I see. I told you. I told you. A lot of people apparently had nightmares about the face. It's even worse when you hear the voice. Oh no! No no no. Yeah, no, no. it's even worse when you hear the voice. We'll listen to it after the show. I'm gonna send it to you. Oh, okay. We'll go on Rabbit and and watch it as a family. I'm scared. <laughs> All right, enough enough talk about about things that, that only I know about. Because um, apparently I'm still in my dream world where Atlanta actually exists and is the best show in the world and won a whole bunch of awards. Uh, let's talk about old Steven Spielberg. Uh, so Steven Spielberg, right, wants to do. Well, he's already in works. He's already in talks or um, in in development, right, to do Indiana Jones Five. Uh, and then he wants to reboot it after five and potentially make Indiana Jones a woman. Hmm. Can I say something? I want to I want to preface it with this. So. On our show, we like to promote diversity. We like to make sure, you know, we if you, we see a, a movie or a TV show that uh, is inclusive we want to give it a shout out. We want to get it recognition. We want people to go support it. Um, this, this is kind of like what Marvel did with its current run of superheroes. Rather than make a completely new character, a completely original character that is, you know, written strongly and has their own identity you're just taking the male character and then making that person a woman. We all know how that works out. Ghostbusters. Exactly. It, it's just, it doesn't work because you sit there and you compare it to the original and the original is a guy. And then, it, and then that creates a whole other set of issues, you know, as you're trying to explain it. I, I I think this is a bad idea. I think if you're going to do something like this, where Indiana Jones is a woman, I feel like it needs to be a continuation of the story. Maybe it's his granddaughter or something. Um, That would, that would work. But don't make it, don't completely redo Indiana Jones and now Indiana Jones is a woman. Let's see the same story. Let's not be creative. Let's just make her a woman. Th- th- those are my thoughts. What do you guys think? I I love Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. I love Indiana Jones a lot. Those I watched this movie since I was a kid, and just I I love them. And then Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out, and I still love the originals, but just the magic wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't mind them making more indie movies. And if they want to make Indy a woman, fine. Just don't do it for the sake of making her a woman. Right. But it also makes me think, we kind of already have this. Mm -hmm. It's called Lara Croft Tomb Raider. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it might not have like the, the kind of fan base or heart that some of the indie movies have, but it if you're thinking of a woman treasure seeker, artifact finder, you know, running from bad guys, I don't know. We already have it. I I completely agree, Lenny. That that would be my other counter argument to this. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if Steven Spielberg really wants to do an Indiana Jones uh, as a female. Tag on to the the Lara Croft Tomb Raider franchise. I'm sure it would do. I'm sure he would work wonders on that franchise and make it something. But Stephen, what are your thoughts? Because I know you you really you really enjoyed the Indiana Jones series. Oh, I love Indiana Jones. Like I really really love Indiana Jones. Um, <laughs> uh, I have made two homage movies to mm-hmm. Indiana Jones with a third one kind of on the back burner at the moment, but it will happen at some point. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so I have mixed feelings about this personally. On one hand, I think it's an interesting concept to go with. Um, <clears throat> and I think if you were to kind of look back uh, at some of the history of uh, the fourth one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, a lot of the earliest drafts did have him meeting his daughter. Um, it would have been so much better. You know, I think at one point Natalie Portman was going to play her. And um, it was one of those, they never confirmed that was the daughter character. But, I mean, come on, you could tell that's where they wanted to go. And eventually, of course, they did go with, you know, a child. But um, they went with Shia LaBeouf's um, Williams. Now, I... Full disclosure, I have never been one of those who hated Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I personally thought it was better than Last Crusade. I think it does have flaws and problems, but I think it's an okay film. And I don't think uh, Shia LaBeouf uh, was a problem with that movie. Where Shia LaBeouf became a problem for the movie was after the movie, uh, and that was when his, um, let's just say, for want of a better phrase, public meltdown started happening. So if they wanted to continue the story, because I think it was kind of implied that at some point, Mutt Williams was going to take up the mantle. Um, but I don't think that would be a wise choice mm-hmm. now. Um, so I like what you said, Marcus, about, you know, make it like his granddaughter or something, um, you know, kind of taking up the mantle. I mean, you know, he went on hundreds of adventures and I mean, he wasn't a perfect character, uh, by any means, so who knows? He could have more kids than just Mutt Williams out there. Um, and uh, you know that—that's actually one of my personal gripes with the series is he was just a little bit too much of a of a of a scoundrel in some ways. But um, you know, he yeah, I think that would be a good way. Personally, though, <clears throat> I do agree though that it would just make more sense to make a new character. And personally, I've got a good one. Not Laura, Lara Croft, but um, Daisy Cutter. Um, it's a it's a less than well known graphic novel 
done by uh, Kazu Kabuishi, uh, Kibuishi. Um, and it's set in like this sort of steampunk, fictitious Wild West setting. But it's really fun. For lack of a better description, she would be like, you know, a female Indiana mm. Jones. Uh, she's got the grit. She's got the style. And it's just, you know, really cool. You know, and it also has those elements of, you know, human too. Really enjoyable character. Really great setup where she has to team up with like these gangster robots to rob <laughs> a train when she really doesn't want to. It's a really, you should check it out. It's called uh, Daisy Cutter, The Last mm. Train. And he only ever did one, but that is a perfect, perfect jumping off point, I think, uh, for a film series. And so rather than just keep reinventing the wheel, um, which don't get me wrong, I'm not against them rebooting Indiana Jones. I just think that, you know, it's high time we got something different instead of just continually remaking, you know, these uh, things that we enjoyed right. as children. Um you know, we don't need to see more 80s properties getting reinvented because guess what? The 30 year, uh, whatever that phrase is, the 30 year uh, reminiscent period for the 80s is coming to mm. a close. Pretty soon it's going to be stuff reflecting nostalgically on the 90s. And God forbid in another 10 years, it's going to be reflecting on nostalgic things from the early 2000s. I I definitely think uh, I definitely think it's it's high time for a. I mean, again, if you if you are going to go the route of rebooting Indiana Jones, I think the bottom line is just make a new character, make a new character. Don't have I mean, because then you just you just set yourself up because if it if it's a flop, I mean, how hard is it really going to flop? Because number one, people are going to flock to it because it's a new character. But number two, nobody has anything to compare it with. The closest they're going to be able to compare it to is Tomb Raider. But if it still has that kind of that that fun uh, nature to it, like Indiana Jones, I, I think it can be a I think it can be a lot more successful. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on this because um, I don't think anything's confirmed just yet because he's still working on five. Uh, but again, I think it would be uh, I think it would be a step in the right direction if they if they decide to make a new character instead of just rebooting the franchise as a whole. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, speaking of <laughs> remakes and prequels and sequels and everything in between, uh, both of our, uh, both of our trailer roundups um, kind of encompass that with uh, the first purge. And uh, the new solo trailer for uh, the Han Solo uh, movie. Um, let's start off with the first Purge. Uh, for those of you who who don't know, if you've been living under a rock, um, the Purge is, I guess, the current big uh, horror movie franchise uh, that is like constantly coming out. You know, before it was like The Ring, then it was The Grudge, then it was Saw, then it was. Um, Paranormal Activity, right? Uh, the Purge is now filling that void at the moment. And it is this... Uh, it's set in the future where one night a year, the uh, all of America decides that crime is now legal, including murder. So everyone gets to go out and kill people. And for some reason, in each of these movies, people still go outside. 
Like, I never understood that about the movie. I was like, why are they going outside? I don't understand. Um, hopefully, the first purge will help me understand why people go outside. Um, personally, when I saw this trailer, I was I was actually scared. Because I liked that it wasn't set during a time that is so far removed from us where the purge is normal. I like I like the route of let's make let's make the purge something brand new and actually terrifying. Um I wish that this had come first. <laughs> and then maybe I would enjoy the franchise a little bit more, but uh I've actually gotten a chance to watch the purge movies. They're okay. Um they're definitely uh i mean they're definitely selling it on the mm-hmm. violence it's not necessarily the story that's compelling people to continue to watch um but i i like the fact that um i do like the fact that with this new trailer um it's very clear that they the the ulterior motive for the purge you know let's let's take out the people who are disenfranchised and the people we don't want in America, let's take them out. That's what the purge is for. Um, which not to get political, but in today's, in today's political climate, um, it, again, it makes it, it makes it scary. Um, and I think that was a smart choice on their part. Do I think this is going to be a great movie? Oh, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) I will most likely, either red box this or wait for it to come on FX on Halloween when they do like a marathon, <laughs> uh, which is probably, it's probably going to be the latter rather than the former. Um, Lindley, what about, what about you? What did you think of the trailer? I know you don't necessarily care for all the, the blood and guts of horror movies. I don't mind some blood and guts, but I want to, I want us to take a little trip. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I want us to take a little trip back to 2013. Um, that is both when the first Purge movie came out, and it is also when a certain a certain lady named Lindley thought she could do a movie reviewing blog <laughs> on Blogspot, and the first movie she reviewed was The Purge. And I want to read you something from from said review. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, story time for you. Who are these new founding fathers? We don't know. How is the idea of an annual night of uncontrollable violence and crime able to be okayed by the American people? No one is really sure. The movie leaves a great deal, perhaps a little too much, to be imagined. The only reason I would encourage a sequel to The Purge would be if it took the opportunity to expand the universe of the film and explain how the new founding fathers and The Purge came into existence. This is back in 2013. It's 2013. Hmm. It's 2018. We've gotten three Purge sequels. And you know what those three Purge sequels included? A whole lot of nothing. Yeah. A whole lot of nothing. And now, five years later, we're finally getting this prequel. And guess what? I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. 
Because the one thing about this trailer, and you will have known my thoughts if you have seen my review of the trailer on Stardust. Wink. The only thing about this trailer that looks semi-interesting and semi-new mm-hmm. is the idea that maybe the American citizens weren't really the ones who started this first purge. And honestly, they keep setting out this new founding fathers, but it looks like our government now. There's no like new founding fathers about this. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if the consistency of the timeline is going to work. But it did seem interesting that the government was sending people to be like, hey, we have this idea. Maybe, maybe the people just need a little push. Mm-hmm. A little push. You know, madness is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> Quoting a much better movie. But other than that, I mean, the people going out, be- being out, and the purge is happening, and they just happen to be out when all the crazy people come out. We saw that in the second movie. Mm-hmm. We saw that in the third movie. The first movie at least had the interesting idea to be a home invasion movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next two were just, oh, oh no, we just happen to be out and about when all these murders are happening. What are we going to do? <laughs> I forgot it was Purge Night. I for- How could I forget it? Purge <laughs> Night. That would seem like it was something I ought to remember. I can't forget my mother's birthday, but not Purge Night. Uh-oh. I don't care about the Purge anymore. I've wanted this for five years, and now that it's here, I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because this is the thing with Blumhouse. They make these movies with great concepts, and the first ones are even pretty decent. Looking at things like Insidious and Paranormal Activity and The Purge, they have interesting ideas. I didn't necessarily think the first Purge was executed all that greatly, but the idea was strong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they take that idea, they see how much money it makes, then they have to rush out a sequel to make all that money. Right. Unless you're doing a paranormal activity movie, which makes, which takes a budget of $15,000 and makes a hundred and ninety something million at the box office. They know how to get that turnaround. Mm-hmm. Do they care about story that much? Not really. So if they're not going to care, I'm not going to care. Rant over. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, Lindley, you, I mean, you, you're make, I mean, you made very good points. I mean, it's true. Uh, this does seem to answer a lot of questions with this franchise, which again is great. And, and much like what I said too, this is something that we needed to hear early. You know, let me hear it early before you show me like the end of the purge. Mm-hmm. because that's because essentially i feel like that's what i mean that's what the the franchise was leading to it was like okay you got to the end of the purge and where people are revolting and saying like we don't want to purge anymore we don't want to purge anymore well, well show me where it started that would have been a perfect because then you could have made several callbacks to the first purge <laughs> and the and the trailer have the audacity to take like the second and third films and be like, remember these masterpieces? See how it all began. <laughs> Get over yourself. Steven, what did you think of the, the trailer? 
Okay, so I'm going to try to state my opinion on it without bringing politics into it as much as I can. I was actually kind of uh, put off by this trailer. Like, it was disturbing for all the wrong reasons. Hmm. Um, I think, you know, I've spoken on this show before about how, you know, I think art... Uh, you know, is a reflection of society. And, you know, I think that's good. It should offer commentary. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know it's not the first horror movie to carelessly exploit tragedy. Um, But I don't know. In the past, I've never really paid too much attention to those kinds of movies for that exact reason. Um, You know, like you get the occasional horror movie that, uses you know some serious tragedy as like a jumping off point um in a really kind of you know insensitive Mm -hmm. way um like i think one of the final destination movies tried using 9-11 as like a plot point Uh. and it was kind of tasteless um i felt like this movie really wanted to be tasteless um personally just because you know I think it was maybe it was about a year ago or so. Do you remember when HBO kind of made that announcement that they were doing Confederacy? Um, they were going to do that show yeah. Confederacy. And we kind of talked about like, well, who would actually rally around that show other than, you know, white supremacists? Um it really kind of had that same feel to me like um because I, I look at it as, okay, this is a franchise horror film that, you know, nothing in the series has offered anything very deep or, you know, emotionally critical of society. Um, it's all just for pure entertainment. Um, so now that they're very, you know, uh, very excessively trying to mirror what we see, you know, on the news like virtually every day. I mean, it's obviously not gone that bad, but I mean, it that's what it was modeled after very clearly. It just really feels like they're just exploiting, you know, this current uh, social mm-hmm. climate just for popcorn entertainment. I do not trust it to make any actual comment. Right. You know, it'll give lip service to one in the same way that you could say every Michael Bay movie has done before. Mm-hmm. Um and I know it's, I don't think it's Michael Bay in this, but um, it, it'll still be that kind of level of depth. It's like it's not going to say anything new. And I just really kind of feel like this really seems to be taking advantage of how much division we have in the mm-hmm. country now um, and kind of exploiting that and not in a very good way. That At least that was the impression I got watching mm-hmm. this trailer. Now, I, I could be wrong. Maybe it turns out to be the most profound horror movie <laughs> ever. But I seriously doubt it, and it will definitely not be uh, something I rush out to go see, and definitely not something I think I will read. I either. You, I think you're right. You've seen the Stephen, you've seen the first poster for this movie, haven't you? Yes, I have. Okay, with the uh, red, the red hat. hat. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like that. It's like that's not clever. Yeah, that's it's not really clever. Not. That's like. It's 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 blatant and it's very like okay. Like no matter what side you're on. Yeah, it's like what what it's 
it's like, look, there are movies that have explored that sense of post 9-11 uh, anxiety really well, you know, without feeling exploitive. You know, I think the Dark Knight trilogy did that really well because it had something to say uh, about it. Um, it wasn't just for popcorn entertainment. It had something to say. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, it just kind of felt like, uh, <laughs> that's not a clever statement at all. You know, people go to the movies for escapism and for, you know, you know, to be challenged too, I think. But if you're just going to kind of slap them in the face with, Hey, remember that thing you're trying to escape? Well, here it is. I don't know. That's just, that, that's just me. I, I mean, I, I think Steven, I think you I think you're right to a point. I don't think that they are I don't think they're intentionally trying to exploit anything. Um I think that I think they're trying to make a statement. They want to. But I feel like this movie is it's going to be superficial. You know, it's it's going to be like let that, me that, yeah, let me spoon let me spoon feed you uh, a couple of morals that are safe and aren't going to really challenge people. Like the people who would agree with what their what comp what their messages are going to like it. They're not going to love it. They're just going to like it. And the people who don't agree, they're going to hate it and they're going to bash the movie. And yeah. it will be just like every other purge movie. It's not great. It's not bad. It's just there. It's just, I spent some money. I spent $5 on $5 Tuesday and saw the purge, saw the first purge. Done. Next movie. Oh, I missed $5 Tuesday. We still have $5 Tuesday up here. Uh, up not in, not up, in, up here in New York. Virginia. <laughs> Madonnaise are $15. Jesus wept. We only have $5 tickets if it's like a Tuesday afternoon and you're like a kindergartner <laughs> or something. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the new Han Solo movie trailer. Uh, we've talked a little bit before about how this movie just kind of. We haven't heard anything. Now we're hearing everything about it. Um, we're starting to get more advertisements for the movie. It looks like they're starting to get a little bit more confidence in the movie, but it also feels like they're not, they don't want to overshadow uh, Infinity War um, and try to, you know, flood the market with, with both their products. I think they just want to focus in on Infinity War and then, Probably after opening weekend, we'll see a whole bunch of, you know, Han Solo mm -hmm. things. Uh, so the new Solo trailer, we've all kind of given our our thoughts on the older trailers. Um, I personally think this is the this is the trailer that sold me. This is the one that made me want that makes me want to actually see it because it feels it feels like a heist movie it it has that adventure feel to it it feels a bit like guardians of the galaxy a little bit darker and it makes me you know what it does it makes me feel what guardians of the galaxy made me feel it makes me want to watch a star wars movie and i while I don't have the utmost confidence on the man playing Han Solo, I think the thing that's going to really sell this movie is the people around him. He is surrounded by powerhouses. 
And I feel like this movie won't be great. But for those people that didn't like The Last Jedi, I think they're going to be satisfied. I think they're going to be more than satisfied. I think they're going to get exactly what they want out of this movie. They're not going to be challenged. They're just going to see a, you know, cool space opera. I don't know if I'd say space opera necessarily. I think it's, see, this is what I think. I think it by design is supposed to be considered a smaller Star Wars movie. It's not big and, you know, vast like the other ones that were kind of set against the backdrop of, you know, the war. Um, But I do think, um, uh, you know, this was a really good trailer. Um, It came out about the same time a lot of the actors kind of pointed out, um, in their estimation at least, they're saying Ron Howard more or less saved the movie. Um, Because before uh, he came on, uh, the original directors didn't seem ready for a Star Wars movie. They were getting hundreds and hundreds of takes of, you know, little things that really bogged the production down. They didn't seem to really know what they wanted. And uh, people didn't really seem to know what the exact direction uh, was supposed to be. And then they said when Ron Howard kind of took over, it was like night and day. Suddenly there was a clear vision. There was a clear, you know, sense of what they were supposed to do. And I think that really shines in this trailer um, that, you know, it clearly does seem to be a little more exciting uh, than what we were led to believe it would be. So I like it. What about you, Lindley? I'm personally offended because nobody told me Paul Bettany was in this movie. And that makes me at least 60% more excited to go see it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, I uh, I was going to see it irregardless. Mm-hmm. It's Star Wars. They already have my money. Um, but the trailer did get make me a little bit more excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's not because of it's not because of Han Solo. It's not because of Chewie. I just want to know about all these new characters. Right. That's literally what's holding me on to see it. Mm hmm. And that and Donald Glover as Lando, because I just, I really needed to see that. I'm glad that they finally let us see him be Lando Mm -hmm. in this trailer. And I think we're good. (laughs) I I think, I feel like if anybody had any doubts, I'm like, he has like one scene in the whole trailer where I was like, okay, we're good. (laughs) We're good. You know. I mean, not like, not like Lando is like a huge, well, I mean, like, I mean, yeah, he's a big deal in the original trilogy, but I mean, he's a, a step up to me, if I'm remembering correctly, he's like a step up from Boba Fett as far as like screen time, isn't he? Uh, Lando got a lot more screen time than Boba Fett. A lot more well, lines. Well, yeah, I mean, like. Boba Fett, Boba Fett is really not in that much of the movie, guys. Yeah, I know, but he's I'm saying not. like compared to like everybody else that you think about when you when you think of Star Wars, right? When you think of Star Wars and you think about who was on screen the most, Lando is not top tier for me. Lando is like middle tier. Boba is definitely bottom tier as far as like how much I actually remember from him. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I quote the I quote the epic rap battles of history when they said about him with five lines in the trilogy and one of them was ah 
But um, I saw I saw this article and I wanted to bring it up. Hmm. It was talking about that there's a scene in the trailer, which if you haven't seen it, go see it, of course. Of it looks like Chewie's hanging off the side of some train thing, Bucky Barnes style, basically. Uh, from the first Avenger. And the article was like, is Chewbacca going to die in... Is Chewbacca <laughs> going to die in Solo a Star Wars? They did not. And then you open the article and it's like, no. Of course he's not going to die. That's the problem with making prequels. <laughs> there are no stakes. No. Ah! I did, but it also pointed out something, too, that I just now thinking about and it's going back to something we talked about a little earlier in the episode mm-hmm. Chewbacca is seen hugging someone that's his wife guys Star Wars a holiday Mala? special is canon it's canon unless they retcon things about it in which case they render nope. it moot nope life day is canon life day is a thing Let's all celebrate Life Day <laughs> and watch some really weird videos with Grandpa Chewbacca while B. Arthur sings a little ditty in a bar. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I could care less. <laughs> I, could, I could care less. I don't know who, like, I, I mean, like, again, when I go see this movie, Han and Chewie are the last people I care about. Um, yeah, yeah, you're you're right. And and I mean and and you know to go back to what you're saying about about prequels, I think that when you when you watch a prequel, you have to watch it with a different set of lenses. Um, and I feel like it it it's uh, prequels are not everyone's cup of tea. A period piece is not everyone's cup of tea, especially when you know, like in Captain America, for instance, right? In Captain America, people enjoyed watching that movie. They found it very exciting, but let's let's keep it real. You knew at the beginning of the movie that Cap was going to be alive. Mm-hmm. I think when you when you go see a prequel, you gotta you gotta think about it like this: how do how did Han get to point B? That's what I want to know. If you can tell if you can tell me that and it makes sense, and I had fun watching it, that's a good prequel to me. Um, that to me, that's why the uh, why the uh, the prequels for the original trilogy. That's why those don't work. It's because it wasn't exciting. Like it, you didn't, and it didn't make sense how you got from point A to point B by the time you got to your third movie. It's kind of why I liked Rogue One. I liked Rogue One because to me, I was like, oh, you show me point A, you show me point B, ah, a little fuzzy in the middle, but on the but on the whole, I had fun watching it. Um, hopefully I will have fun watching Solo, but I feel like you can't, you can't, you can't compare a a prequel to, you know, something that happens later on, like the new trilogy. Like, it's not fair. The, the old, the, the prequel has a lot more, uh, a lot more up against it. I guess Mm -hmm. I should say, you know what I mean? That, that that's just me though. That's just me though. Feel free, audience, not to listen to me when it comes to prequels. Um, although I hopefully I explain why people's why people have such a deep hatred for the prequels. 
the original prequels. And it's like sand. I was oh, of course. You, you beat rough. me by two seconds. Oh <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness, we're laughing. We're having a good time, audience. <laughs> um, audience, we're gonna take a very brief break. We're going to introduce you guys to uh, another podcast. If you enjoy this one, uh, this next podcast, they are very good friends of ours. Go ahead, subscribe, give them a listen, and hey. Let them know Popcorn Prattle sent you. When you come back, uh, we are going to give you a couple of spoiler-free reviews of Ready Player One and Troy, Follow the City. Stay tuned. Hey, Sasha. Hey, Courtney. Where can you get hot takes about ghosts, cryptids, farts, and cats? I don't know. Where? On our podcast, Spoop Hour. Oh, that's right. Each week, we talk about the things that spook us out, and we laugh through our fear. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour, and you can listen to our podcast on iTunes, Podbean, or really anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Feel free to also drop us a line at spoophour at gmail.com. We want to hear about your ghosts. Thanks. So, Stephen, you mentioned earlier that um, about 80s nostalgia and how it was like slowly starting to wane. I respectfully disagree. Mm. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Mm, I think that's a bit of a rewording of what I said. Well, okay. well more, more or less. It, I, I say it. It's, it's helping me with my segue. Just go with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, anything for the segue. My fault. My bad. I got a chance to watch uh, Ready Player One. And guys, this is a fun, 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 fun movie. It is super fun. I don't know if I'm convinced. Is it really fun? It is so fun that you know what? Actually, actually, I'll tell you the I'll tell you the most the the best part about this movie. It wasn't the movie itself per se. It was watching the audience watch the movie. So I went over spring break, right? I went to the movies on Five Dollar Tuesday, and which neither of you have apparently, um, but I have it. Nope. <laughs> and I. Uh, I went there and I saw Ready Player One. I got my popcorn. I'm sitting there and I'm watching watching a movie and I and I glanced around me and there's a whole bunch of kids there um, with their parents and it was so funny to watch the parents leaning over to the kids because the kids didn't get the references <laughs> and I said, Blue you see, I wanted to go up to a kid and be like, see, this is how your parents feel when you take them to a Marvel movie. <laughs> You know, we're like, they have to, ex- like, oh, mom, you're such an idiot. On fleek means this, you know, like, what are those means this? It's a vine. Um, Like my students tell me all the time, but they, this movie is uh, an absolutely a uh, fun ride. It It's kind of feels like, um, it kind of feels like baby driver. When I saw that, it was refreshing to watch a movie and you guys know how much I love superhero movies, but it was refreshing to watch a movie that wasn't um, a superhero movie um, that had a story that I had never really heard about. I've never read the novel. It was interesting to see a movie that was taking um, that had some ideas from animes like Dot Hack Sign or Sword Art Online, uh, where you have these kids that are in a, 
in a virtual reality video game and have all these special powers and abilities, but you know, you take them out into the real world and they're just regular people. Um, I, I, I love those type of stories. So for you to present me with a, a movie like Ready Player One, I, I was just like, hell yeah, I, I'm enjoying everything I'm seeing right now. I'm enjoying all the references. Um, I'm getting all of the references and there's, and there's small, there's small little Easter eggs like scattered throughout the entire movie that you, you honestly have to have grown up in, you know, the 80s slash early 90s to get a lot of the jokes or a lot of the references. Um, there are definitely things in the movie that are more, uh, that are definitely geared towards today's generation. Like there's uh there's overwatch characters. Um, the teenage mutant, uh, excuse me, teenage mutant Ninja Turtles are the ones from the newest incarnation. Um, what they, mm-hmm. what they look like in that. Um, but then you have things like the iron giant, that was cool. Um, and it's a big, big part of the, of the climax of the movie. You have, um, a Gundam that shows up. You have Mecha Godzilla that shows up. Um, you have, uh, uh, Halo coming in there. You've got all of these different things. You got World of Warcraft. And it's, if you are a nerd and you love video games, you love pop culture. You love, yeah, you just, you love movies and John Hughes movies and everything that is incredibly nerdy, especially Back to the Future, because there are tons of Back to the Future references. Go see Ready Player One. You will not be disappointed. I'm saying it's a fun movie. I'm not saying it's the best movie, (laughs) but I am saying it's a very fun movie. If you go into it with an open mind, you're going to have fun too when you watch it. Um, Steven's probably going to red box it, but that's fine. That that's I expect it from no, him. No, 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 no. Actually, I I kind of did. Steven, you especially would love it. Um, I I would love to have watched to have watched that movie with you because I feel like we would have just sat there, like nodding to each other, like mm-hmm, we get that. See the like when I first heard about mm-hmm. this movie and um, the book, I was kind of like, okay, that doesn't sound interesting at all to me. Um, but then I heard they were using the iron giant mm-hmm. in it and I was just like, that's it. I, I, I kind of want to see it now <laughs> because it's like, you know, it's one thing to just go for the obvious references. The fact that they got the iron giant in there is just amazing and I think that's because I love the, the iron giant. That's such a great film. I think that's a big Spielberg thing being him being a part of the movie too. See, and and here's the thing. I I feel like I don't feel like you'll be disappointed by the Iron Giant moment. I feel like you're going to really I feel like you're going to enjoy it and slash love it, but I I feel like the other references in the movie, I feel like you're going to enjoy them a lot more. Like they reference Ferris Bueller's Day Off, they reference Breakfast Club, they reference like I said they reference Back to the Future so many times say anything um there are so many john hughes movie uh, references in this in this one film that if you have never seen a john hughes film all that's going to go which is like you know majority of the kids that were in the audience it's going to go right over your head all the parents all the people who like around my age they were like yep that's hilarious let's keep it moving 
that's probably to me that until I see in Infinity War, that's probably the most ambitious crossover that I have ever seen. Go see Ready Player One. Um, but if you if you don't have five dollar Tuesdays uh, and you can't go see the movie because you don't want to spend a whole lot of money because you blew all your money on seeing Avengers Infinity War coming up very soon, uh, you could always stay home and Netflix Troy Fall of a City. Now, I got a chance to watch this. I just stumbled upon it on Netflix uh, today. And I was not sold at first with this movie. Sorry, with this TV show. Um, I I was like, okay, well, this is this is interesting what they're doing. I feel like I'm just watching Troy again. Um, but then they did something that I had wished that Troy did. They put the freaking Greek gods and goddesses back in the story. <laughs> I don't know why. They're kind of a big part of that story, I don't know, you know? why <laughs> Troy decided, like, let's tell a realistic version of this. Nobody cares. Don't nobody care. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Not unless it has Brad Pitt in it. Well, yes, of course. Brad Pitt definitely makes Troy. Um, but in, in Troy fall of a city, this, uh, what makes this, what makes this, uh, TV show for me, definitely the storytelling of it. Um, I, I started off with the ready player one spoiler free review. Um, so I'm going to, going to pump my brakes a little bit. Uh, Lindley got a chance to see it and, uh, Lindley, I want to, I really want to know what were your initial thoughts to this show and, and audience just to be aware like she's not finished with the series yet she just started yeah i've seen two complete episodes and i have yet to care about anybody <gasps> Ooh. i i agree because i agree paris is a, a spoiled jerk helen uh, helen helena however you want to say her name is as wooden as you can get like, I'm getting not a lot of emotion out of her. She looks pretty. I'll give her that. But would you go to war for her? No. <laughs> I agree. Because, because she looks like because she looks like every other woman in the cast. Uh, yeah. So not the face that launched a thousand ships. She probably she probably launched like two. <laughs> I've seen one ship. I've seen one ship in this in this show. She may have launched one, yeah, one or two, not a whole fleet. She looks exactly like another character, and I get them confused all the time, especially when they're on screen together. It makes me, like, it weirds me out. Um, it's just, it's not, it's not anything that remarkable so far. Maybe, maybe I'm like, Marcus, I need to get into it a little bit more. There was one, there was a couple parts in the second episode, though, I will say were a bit intriguing. One having to do with Agamemnon and a choice he has to make. Uh, but there was one interesting thing, uh, too, that I will give it credit that I thought was really intriguing. Um, the gods, the great gods, are characters in the story of Troy. Like, they're embodied. You see them. They interact with characters. And the goddesses, there's a scene where the goddesses are going and blessing a battle and blessing mm -hmm. soldiers like she'll name them. I thought that was actually kind of interesting. 
Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Other than that, I don't care about any of these characters. I'm gonna go watch the Brad Pitt one. <laughs> I um, I agree, but I also disagree. I surprise, agree- surprise. I agree early on that definitely. I, nothing really nothing really sells me on the show other than the fact that i love greek mythology oh uh, no same here um like that's the that's that's really to me i feel like that's what was keeping me going um character wise i agree i haven't seen well scratch that before this past episode i didn't see much character development as the as this series goes on, I'm starting to care more about characters. Um, definitely don't care about Paris. Definitely don't care about Helen. Um, and they're like the reasons for all yeah, of this. We yeah. should care about we them. Care about those characters. Well, I think what they're doing, and and this is and and this is the character I do care about. I think they're going to do a spinoff and do the Odyssey as well, because I care about Odysseus. I feel so bad for this guy because he, from the from the get go, he does not want to be there. Does he act insane? Like he pretend, yeah, he pretends to be crazy. Oh, okay, I'm glad they kept that. And then they they try to make him uh, uh, run over his baby, and he's like, he tries to stop the ox, and he's like, and they're like, oh, I guess you're not crazy. Get up and put on your armor. Um, which I and and I and I love I love watching him. Uh, I love watching him throughout those uh those ep- those first episodes, and just seeing him trying to trying to solve everything as quickly as he can, as peacefully as he can, and just seeing that there is nothing uh that can that can uh stop this war from happening. I also care about Menelaus. Which one is that again? He Menelaus. is. Yeah, he's Agamemnon's brother, the one who has to do the bad thing before they go there, before they go to uh, Troy. Yeah, yeah. I I really care about him. I want to see. I mean, I know what happens to him, but I really want to watch his story arc um, all the way through because he is. Uh, I feel so bad for him right now because he really is there just because of his, you know, for lack of a better term, dumbass brother. <laughs> you know who's who i'm like bruh let it go you lost okay <laughs> you never had you never had it to begin with <laughs> um but yeah i uh i i'm i'm digging it here's here's what made me want to watch it there the care the actor who plays zeus and the actor who plays achilles they're both black and I thought, and I thought that was an interesting choice. I sat there, I was like trying to figure out who the black dude was at first in like the very first episode, and I was like, "Well, he's not Achilles. I've seen his picture, so I'm like, who is he supposed to be?" And then I went on Wikipedia, and it was like, "No, no, that's Zeus." I was like, "I thought, I thought that was an interesting choice for them to make." Um, I also like that the, I like that the women aren't passive in this um and i feel like in especially in in troy the women the female characters aren't that strong 
Helen like really. Hmm? The the movie. Yeah, the Brad Pitt movie. Yeah. Like they're like Helen in that movie. I mean, does she speak? <laughs> because I'm pretty sure most of her scenes consist of her like looking at Orlando Bloom and Onion and turning away. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I feel like that's that's her that's her motivation in all of her scenes. Like, I want you to look away from him, like you're disgusted. <sighs> you know, whereas this good. Helen, this Helen, I I actually am a bit more intrigued because she has um she has a lot of good scenes. Or recently, um, where I'm at, she's had a really a lot of good scenes with the Queen and just talking about. They look the same though. They look exactly the same. Oh no, they do. They do look the same. They do look the same, but. I mean, that aside, I'm also, I mean, they're, I like what they're, I like the message that they're, they're sending. I like that they are not weak women in this, in this world. It's, it kind of reminds you of, um, 300. Yeah. Um, with, uh, Queen Gorgo, who, you know, is hella Sasha Fierce in that, in that, uh, in that movie. Um, and it's kind of nice. To, it's kind of nice to see that here. I'm wondering if they're going to continue with that trend or if they're not. I don't know. But right now, right now, I am definitely, uh, I'm definitely all in for Troy Fall of the City. I will be. I will continue to watch it and uh, hopefully, hopefully, be pleasantly surprised by the end of it. And and cross my fingers for an Odyssey sequel because that actor is. I've seen him before. I don't know what he's been in. But I know I've seen him before, and he is quite good. He's A1, as the kids would say. A1. The kids are not saying that. They are. My, well, my, my students are. No, they're not. No, Lindley, no. you're getting old now. You don't know what kids are saying anymore. I'm you're so the, old. You're out of the loop now, hon. Welcome, so to our, welcome to our life. <laughs> but you know what, though? You know what, though? Uh, speaking of teenagers... Guys, I'm so excited for this because we haven't had one in so long. DC's been so quiet. They've been so quiet. But they just (laughs) couldn't stay away from the bottle. Ladies and gentlemen, our audience favorite segment, Go Home, DC, You're Drunk. Got Patron in my car. I got that goose in my cup, a Patron rolling up, in the seat, got me drunk, party people in the club. Hey, throw them bottles up, 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 hey, throw them bottles up. So, Teen Titans. Everyone's favorite cartoon from back in the day, early 2000s. Um, the music wasn't good, but Cartoon Network was quite good. And I was so excited to hear that they were going to make a live-action Teen Titans TV show. I was hoping for film, but I will settle for a TV show. And I was, I was also excited because... Um, Casting of Starfire. Um, I thought it was an interesting choice. I was very excited to see where what was going to happen with it. And then 
the costumes came. And and to be fair, okay, to be fair, I saw the Robin costume and it looks great. Having said that, what the hell is up with Raven, Beast Boy, and Starfire? I actually don't mind Raven. I think Raven is kind of spot on. Really? Over Beast Boy? Yeah, Beast Boy looks like a rotten Backstreet Boys that got left out no. of the sun too long. No, you know who Beast Boy looks like? He looks like Trip Regis from Power Rangers Time Force, the Green Ranger. That's what he looks like. <laughs> who? The Green Ranger from Power Rangers Time Tommy? Force. Tommy? No. Tommy? Time Force. What's Time Force? There was like one back in the year 2001. Was this after Turbo? Because I don't watch anything past Turbo. Yeah, this was after Turbo. Okay, all right. Well, that's why I don't know what it is. Okay. We're, we're not into the the later no. Power Rangers. <laughs> I was only aware of it because it came on immediately before Digimon. Oh, I see. Not again, Steven. Well, I... Okay, so you don't mind Raven. I don't mind Beast Boy. But can we agree that Starfire, what is happening... Oh gosh, it's so bad. What what it's what was so that bad. costume that she was wearing? Can, can I say something without it sounding offensive? May I may I preface it with this? Yeah. All throughout the internet, I've seen two arguments. Anybody who says anything about Starfire, people are playing the race card, and I'm tired no, of it. It has, it has nothing to do to with her do. race. It has everything to do with the fact that she does not look like Starfire. No. She does not. Like, that's that's the whole point. Like, sure, there are some nerds who are, you know, sitting behind with their, their red hats and drinking slits out of a, a big gulp. But that has nothing to do with what is about to be said. So, Lindley, go ahead. Say what you got to say. Speak your mind. I mean, with with the coat and just like the metallic dress, it it, it just she doesn't look like a superhero. She looks like kind of another occupation. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I thought stripper when I saw it. I thought stripper too. I thought stripper. Okay, Marcus has said it. It's okay. I am <laughs> Well, like, like high-end stripper <laughs> for athletes and pol- like, politicians. <laughs> like, Richard, Richard Gere might, you know, stop for her and ask for directions <laughs> and treat her to a lovely weekend right? where she learns the power of love and Jason Alexander gets a little too handsy. <laughs> I, I, just, I just don't understand, like, how you could mess these costumes up so so much it's it's i'm hoping i'm hoping that this is just like a plain clothes um picture you know what i mean like they're just out and about maybe they're not you know they're just they're not fighting crime right now they're just hanging out at the mall or something if if that's the case who hangs out in the mall like that well, I mean, let's, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, 
if we're thinking about the original character of Starfire, not the Teen Titans one, but the comic books version, I mean, she's a very sexual person. That is true. You know, and she's it's very voluptuous and isn't afraid to show it off. Right. You know, and and so again, if that's the case, okay, then her her costume fits. Um, I don't understand why Beast Boy is not green. That's my hang up. That's my biggest thing about Beast Boy. I'm like, why isn't he green? Why doesn't he have pointy ears? Oh, but Marcus, his hair is green. So that's the same thing. Mm, but is it though? My students have green hair. My students have blue hair. That doesn't mean they look like Smurfs. Don't question DC. Mm, I can. I can. Because this is, this is what I'm talking about when it comes to doing these, doing these TV shows. Like, look, go for comic book accuracy. We are not watching these shows because we want to see real life. We want to see our comic books just not as cartoons anymore. Okay? We're not looking for, like, what would it realistically look like if Beast Boy was alive. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Give me a guy dressed up just like the cartoon and I'm good. And Raven. I I, I just... I need I I, I need more. Raven. I need more than just dark hair. Where is the hood? Where is the cape? Again, I I for Raven, I will say it's probably what you said earlier. This might be just an out and about look. But also like again and I'm trying not to take too much into it because this is only the first time we've seen them. I don't I think out of all of them, I think Raven, besides Robin, I think Raven looks the least offensive. Well, yeah, because she's just a girl with blue hair. <laughs> and like with the choker and like the black outfit, it seems like something Raven would wear. What? That's just a typical goth kid. This is an early 2000s picture. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of looking at these photos a little bit more closely. I have to say, you know... I don't think these are actually set photos like them in this scene. I think this is just them, like, standing, waiting in between takes of something uh, with their jackets. I don't think we're seeing their whole costumes here. I think this is them just kind of waiting in between takes. Uh, oh, no. So those coats, I think, are just to kind of keep the actors warm. I don't think those are actually part of the costume. No, no, I agree. But what I'm also saying is, when you look at it, if so if they take the coats off, which is how I'm envisioning them, they've got the coats off, that doesn't make it much better. That actually makes it worse. <laughs> I actually need them to leave the coats on because at least then I don't have to look at their god-awful costumes. We're looking at another Inhuman situation. I promise you that. Um, and we all know how Inhumans went. They're about to kill off the Inhumans in the comic books because the Inhumans was so bad. There, I did find a picture. It looks like Robin in normal clothes. Like, he's got, like, a jacket. One of those, like, double-jacketed kind of things. Um, He's holding a bag. Behind him is Beat, or Beast Boy. And it's the same, just without the thing. And Starfire is still there in that ugly coat. Uh, 
I don't think it's I don't think it changes that much, honestly. I am not excited for this show now. I'm not. Like, I, I agree with you, Steven. I don't think, I mean, hopefully, hopefully this isn't, these costumes aren't done. Like, there's still more that needs to be done. But, guys, again, let's remember in humans. I try not to. Well, I mean, you, you kind of have to when you think about, I mean, when you think about live action comic book shows, I mean, you got to compare the two. And right now, this has a very Inhumans vibe to it. Like, this feels like, oh, we're just going to be, we're going to take creative liberties with the costumes. Like, don't take creative liberties with the costumes. Just, just, what's wrong with the costumes from the comic books? Like, just make it work. Like, you can change a few things, like, here and there. Like, the, like I mean, obviously, the, the cartoons do. The cartoon Starfire looks completely different than the comic book Starfire. But you know what? It, that It's still iconic. You still knew who she was. And right now, like, I wouldn't know that. I, I honestly would not know that that was Starfire. And the only reason I know that's Beast Boy is because Beast Boy, he's got the Beast Boy jacket and he's got green hair. But I see no pointed ears. I see no freaking green skin. And Raven. Raven looks like, I don't know. She just looks like a goth kid. Like just a like she does not look like a sorceress. Well, do you really think a teen is going to want to like if, if they're out and about, you really think she's going to be wearing all that cape stuff? Raven? Yes. Raven doesn't care. That was the best part about Raven in oh, in the cartoon true. is that she didn't care. Everybody else did. Everybody else would 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 go um would go incognito. Not Raven. Raven's like, I'm staying home. I don't want to go out. I'll stay in Titan's Tower. You think they'll have Titan's Tower in this movie? You have to. Shaped like a giant T. Yeah. It won't be shaped like a T. It'll be shaped. It'll just be like a regular building. T or go home. <laughs> well, DC's already going home. You know why? Because guys, they're drunk. I am. I am certifying right now. DC is still drunk as a skunk. Goodness gracious! I can't even look at this anymore, guys. Let's end the show with. Uh, Something that is so much better of an adaptation <laughs> of, of something from uh, a book. Let's talk about a series of unfortunate events. Season two. It's main event time. Monsieur Steven. See? Because I feel you know you've read all of a series of unfortunate events. Including the unauthorized autobiography. Yes. So why don't you go ahead, start us off. What did you think of season two? So, full disclosure, I am actually only two episodes away from finishing it. Uh, But what I have seen so far, this show is friggin' amazing. Like, 
Oh my gosh. So the first one I ever read of the series was actually uh, The Austere Academy. And I personally consider that to be the best one of all the books. If for no other reason than for Carmelita Spatz. She was a <laughs> hilarious character just because she's sort of like, you know, the if you were to take Shirley Temple and make her this dark, twisted, evil uh, brat, um, that's basically Carmelita Spatz. And I have waited for so long to see this character brought to the screen. Um, you know, Cake sniffer. Well, takes one to know one, cake sniffer. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I was just so excited that for the season before it even got going because I loved season one. They, I thought they did a, a really good route. Um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, uh, which you should definitely go watch the series if you don't want this. Um, they had a really good twist that I wasn't sure what they were doing. The entire first season, they kind of led you to believe that the kids' parents were still alive. And I was like, okay, this is kind of an interesting change. Uh, but then the twist comes that it was actually the parents to um, the uh, the Quagmire triplets. And I was like, oh, yes. And that was the moment I knew this show was in good hands because Quagmire triplets play a huge part in the season. Um, but just seeing Carmelita Spatz acted, they nailed it. They friggin' nailed that character. She is so perfectly annoying and menacing and sickly trying to be cute at the same time it was just perfect and the episodes even after are just so good um the acting has improved the uh tying all the loose threads together and building up that world has improved the comedy and the timing has improved like everything about it is just so mm, th I, I was y'all don't understand i was waiting 14 years for this and it is here, and it is great. I'm going to stop talking now, because I could go on forever. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to agree with you, Stephen. I feel like uh, this this season is definitely a, a whole lot stronger than season one. And, I mean, you know season one is strong, because we still quote season one all the time on this show. Um, I will slap you in the throat. I will, I will, child, I will slap you in the throat. Um <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, can I just say that that man is, he's amazing. He's absolutely incredible. If he does not win an award for Count Olaf, I am going to scream because he has more than earned it. Um, but in, and it's cool because it's not even just him that really, really makes this, uh, makes this a great show. Um, it's everybody. It is uh, especially Nathan Fillion this season. So. Oh, he's so great. So. He's so, so great. So freaking funny. I mean, I mean, everyone, I mean, Nathan Fillion, that's America's sweetheart right there. I mean, he really is. Um, And I've never been like a really big Nathan Fillion fan until this uh, this series. And I was like. He's great. Everything he does, like he's just got, he just really understands. He has a really good sense of comedic timing and just completely making this completely different character um, to almost rival 
Neil Patrick Harris a lot of times, um, both within the show and out of the show acting wise. Uh, I love that the, the series got darker, um, which definitely, I mean, of course, obviously fits the tone of the, of the series, but, um, I mean, I would, I would catch myself on the edge of my seat the entire time. And, and even though I've read the books, I still sat there and I'm like, oh my God, are they going to get, are they going to get caught? Like, how are they going to, how are they going to get out of the elevator? Like, what are they going to do? Um, and just feeling so excited when they're, when they're victorious. Um, Ooh, another, another really good shout out. I'm, I'm trying to find her name now. Uh, but the woman who plays um the librarian i love her oh so much she she is so so freaking good uh i did not realize it was her um at the uh in the in the last episode yeah and i'm sorry if that's i'm sorry if that spoils anything for people i apologize my apologies but i this guy Oh, my bad. You've read the book. I was about to say, you read the books. Yeah, but the, the show has interweaved a lot of plot threads that were not in the books. Well, you don't even know what character we're talking about, so... I mm. do, too. The librarian. <laughs> I'm going to slap you both in the throat. <laughs> I, I, again, I just... I can't say enough nice things about this show. I, I sat down for literally the, like the entire day, finished it all. Um, only, only ever left my couch to get something to eat. Um, and even then I had, I, tur- I just turned the volume up so that I could see it, um, in the reflection of my mirror. Uh, so I could keep watching it because it's just, it's just that good. It's just that good. And I, and I can't wait to see how they end the series. Uh, Guys, do, do you know that Tara Strong is the one that voices Sunny? Yep. Yep. I didn't know this. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Yeah. Oh, oh, can we talk about, can we talk about how Sunny, uh, <laughs> how she had, how she, she's grown up and, and they were like, like, it feels like we've been here for a whole year. Sunny's gotten bigger. <laughs> She's like, ah, Sonny's a spurt. toddler now. <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, the How I Met Your Mother reference. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yes, Count Olaf has a How I Met Your Mother reference, and he looks dead at the camera after he says the joke. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It's, you have to remind me when this is. It's um, he's talking to uh, he's talking to Esme. Okay. Yeah, he's talking to Esme, and I think it's I think it's at. I think it's when they are in the town and I think he's, I think he's up. Yeah. Yeah. He's up in the sheriff's uh, office and he he talks about it. He's like looking in the mirror or something. And he, and it's it's something along the lines of, she says like, well, why, why, I don't understand why uh, someone would No, it's the carnival. Because she's like, I don't understand why someone would stay out here. Why don't they just go to New York City or something? He's like, you could go in the city for 10 years and never um, and have your own sitcom and never get more famous than that. And he looks at the camera <laughs> oh. and then goes right back. <laughs> and, I, and I had to pause the movie. I had to pause the, the show because I sat there. I was like, 
No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> but he did. He very much he did. did. So. He did. He did. Oh, guys. Man. Oh, oh, Lindley, Lindley, you haven't even got a chance to speak. Please tell us. What did you think? Did you love it? Did you hate it? What? I liked it a lot. <laughs> Any particular part that you that you found uh, made this season better? Or did you think for, uh, season one was better? Honestly, I like this season better. I like the more of the story they're trying to integrate with it. The only thing I will say, mm-hmm. and I'm sure this happens in the books too, I did get a little tired of the whole, oh, Count Olaf's in disguise. None of the adults recognize him. Guys, he's Count Olaf. Why? He's not here. That got a little old. But, like, each character was still really intriguing, so it's not a huge deal. But, Lindley, then how will we get that meme? (laughs) Which meme? That meme that I tagged you and Steven in. Did I it's see that, it? Yeah, I tagged you and Steven in it. It's like some, it's like the meme that's going around where it's like the woman is like leaning and she's like squinting. And above the picture, it says uh, the Baudelaire orphans. Oh, um, oh, 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 <laughs> That's oh, Count oh, Olaf oh. right over there. And then it's like parents and then it's her picture. <laughs> and I I posted it on my Facebook and I got so many likes and, and laugh icons because of because because oh, it's well, true he's so popular i know i'm so popular I'm so popular but it's so but it's true though that you know it, it it does get a little old and a little tedious when the adults don't recognize count olaf even though like you know he's it's just a simple you know what like uh he's usually wearing like, some sort of hat or whatever um <laughs> and that's how they explain it away uh can I just say, uh, Mr. Poe is killing me. Poor Mr. Poe. In a good way and a bad way. I need him to get it together because I <laughs> I legit yelled at my screen at one point. I was so angry. But then I started laughing because he started coughing again. And it made my day. <laughs> So, audience, if you haven't gotten a chance to see uh, a series of unfortunate events, um, Troy, Fall of a City, um, or Ready Player One, you really need to check these things out. Um, They're very good. Everyone on the show will vouch for them. Um, And uh, if you like them or you didn't like them, uh, hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook um cuz we would love to hear from you or on Instagram cuz our Instagram is blowing up thanks to Miss Lindley over here. Um Woo! yes, yes. Them. Uh guys, I think in our grab bag of topics of the night I think we got through everything. We did. Oh. Which means we have to end the show. Oh, yeah. But guys, I cannot wait for uh next episode because you know what we're talking about next episode St- oh, I mean, Steve, no. Steve was not going to like it but that's fine it, guys, it's here it's, it's finally here, here. it's I ready? might cry the entire episode oh there is no might for me I'm going to be openly sobbing in that theater we I'm audience we're letting you know right now okay this is a preemptive alert 
there will be spoilers. Lindley and I will not be able to contain ourselves. Okay? There will be spoilers. We will we'll do what we normally do. We'll do a spoiler-free review. But we are immediately doing a, a spoiler-filled review because... This is the type, this is the movie that we are definitely going to have to talk about. There's going to be theories. There's going to be a lot of things. And, and, guys, guess who I've already booked to be on the show and he can't get out of it because he lives down the street from me, technically. Robert Jenny Jr. What? Robert Downey Jr. I wish, I oh man, I wish we could get Robert Downey Jr. on the show. <laughs> that would be great. But it's even oh, oh. better than Robert Downey Jr., it's Dave of Hey Dave. Dave! Mm-hmm. The illustrious Dave is coming on the show. Yes, Dave, my comic book historian, beer aficionado, and occasional poker uh, companion. We are going to have him on the show. I am so excited. He's gonna tell he's gonna tell us everything that we've got wrong about our theories. And I don't know, he and Steven might fight. That might be cool. I'm excited. Either way, I'm excited. It's going to be a great episode. Um, <laughs> so excited. I haven't been this excited since Black Panther Wakanda forever. Um, woof, woof, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, but, audience, that is next time. So, if you enjoyed this episode... Please make sure that you subscribe so that you can be alerted as soon, as soon as the next episode drops so that you can hear all of the fun that we're going to have on Popcorn Prattle when we talk about Avengers Infinity War. Before we depart, however, um, we do want you guys to uh, keep in touch with us. Let us know how we're doing and, you know, what we could do to improve the show. And also, if you want to say, like, Lindley, you're right. Marcus is wrong. There's many ways that you can tell us that. Uh, Lindley Key, where can the folks at home reach you? Well, folks at home, like I said, you can find me on the Stardust app at Little Lottie. That's L-I-T-T-L-E-L-O-T-T-I-E. I'm pretty sure I spelled that right. I hope I did or else I look like an idiot. Um, Again, don't forget to comment or tag me to um what to see what you want me to review on the stardust app hashtag lindley likes um so yeah find me there and you can also find me on instagram same name little lottie nice Stephen bailey where can the folks at home reach you folks at home if you go to youtube type in bailey's film workshop you can find my youtube channel there you can also follow me on twitter at bailey's workshop and that's where you can find me and only there and folks at home, if you want to reach me, you can always reach me on our Facebook page at Popcorn Prattle. Also on our Twitter at Popcorn Prattle. That's P-O-P-C-R-O-N underscore Prattle. P-R-A-T-T-L-E. You can also hit me up on my personal Twitter at Mark M-A-R-C underscore Leroy L-A-R-O-Y. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, if, if you want to hear some of my, uh, infinity war theories i will probably be posting there um but just to be clear i'm gonna be avoiding the internet like a plague because uh our school play comes out that same weekend and i'm not gonna be able to see it on the first night so i have to wait until sunday morning 
So I have to go. I I literally have to go dark on the internet for three days. It's going to be a wild ride, but it's going to be fine because it's going to be so worth it when I go in that theater and I see Iron Man and Rocket Raccoon and Doctor Strange berate each other. It's going to be so awesome and I can't wait. Well, guys. I think we have reached the end of our show. So, audience, I leave you with this. From all of us to all of you, we wish you peace, love, and tranquility. You all take care now. Make good choices.